Hey everyone, how's it going? Uh, I am here. It's me, Alan. I'm doing another episode all by my lonesome. I know. You'll miss all of my guests. I miss all of my guests all the time, every day of my life. But today, I thought, you know, I didn't have any guests, so I'll just have an episode all by myself. And I'll talk about something that I kind of think is pretty cool. Good transition, Alan. Well done. The role of cool. Um, you guys may have come across this in one of your games, whether you're a DM or you're a player. Um, now, a lot of people will kind of push back on this, uh, kind of not enjoy it, but I promise it's valuable. It's good. You should lean into it. Do the things. Make things feel cool. Make each other feel cool. Um, now, for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about the rule of cool, right? And you may be flipping through your PHB or your DMG or anything that, you know, you're looking for and, and any rule book that you have for your RPG system. But guess what? The rule of cool applies to any RPG system. It's a rule outside of the rule books. And it is um, just... A rule that we all kind of agree to when we start playing roleplay games together. The rule of cool is when something that's really close to something that a character could conceivably do, or something that's really similar to a uh, action that might be able to happen, uh, gets done or allowed because it's really cool in the moment. Um, you know, for example, one of my favorite examples of this is when I do, um, when I do, you know, spell explanations or things like that. So I will have a spell and maybe it's not exactly what I, what I want, right? Uh, I have a character named Floria that I play in a certain campaign and he's an abjuration wizard. So I basically make his arcane ward, which is the shield that pops up every time he has an abjuration spell cast act as a bunch of rocks that kind of lift out of the ground and kind of protect him when he's in this stance, right? Now, of course, he's not casting a levitation spell, right? He's not doing anything like that. But I play him kind of like an earthbender where he can pull the rocks up out of the ground and make them move around him so that he's defended by them. That's not exactly what it does, but it's cool. It's flavorful. It makes it feel good, right? And it makes it feel intrinsically linked to the player, right? Another example that I might be able to uh, to use is, you know, maybe there's a bending of what's going on. You have a airship crashing out of the sky, and you've got a monk who is currently standing on top of the airship and trying to use slow fall to jump to different points on this carcass of ship that's crashing to the ground. Well, you know, it doesn't always work like continuously using it over and over and over again, and it's not really probably intended to jump from crashed piece of ship to crashed piece of ship, but that's really cool, and it could be a really thematic moment for that monk that they're gonna remember forever, right? Something like that, when given just a little bit of leeway, can create moments that are incredibly memorable to all parties involved. And so I really recommend trying to find a way that you can make sure that those awesome moments happen, even if they bend the rules just a little bit. 
I think those are valuable places in which to make those rules become yours and make those rules be the rule of cool. So yeah, I think that there are a couple different things that should definitely be used for the rule of cool. Um, things where you can make those memorable moments, you know, describing uh, describing different events that are happening in your game that maybe don't line up perfectly. Um, but there are some things that maybe shouldn't be used for rule of cool. Um, I've had a couple instances where I've heard stories before where rules will be bent for certain players and not for others. And I've seen DMs in the past be frustrated with a player or something like that and not allow any type of rule of cool for them or not allow any bending of the rules for them, but also allow that same type of leeway for other people. And while I can hear in your mind you're saying, wow, gosh, that is just a DM who does not know what they're doing. Um, I mean, we all have those moments where we can possibly be misjudging things in certain ways, and maybe we don't understand our leeway that we're giving. Um, but I think that generally, you really want to be careful about Rule of Cool because you don't want to be giving away too much to a certain player and not enough to other players. Um, that that would be really frustrating for all those players that are trying to make your game cool or make their characters cool and not feeling like they're gaining the same amount of respect from a DM. Um, other places that rule of cool may not make a lot of sense is if characters or um, or players are asking for it. And I know that's kind of backwards, right? But for example, I like to give out the rule of cool and maybe bend the rules a little bit more when the party's been trying really hard, when I can see that this player is role-playing really well, when I can see the fire in their eyes to make sure that something happens. The more that they give to my game by role-playing or engaging or making other players feel wanted at the table or things like that, the more willing I am to be able to give them that leeway. And that is an important thing, right? If you if they are trying to make your game cool, you should let them make your game cool. That is an important kind of like unspoken contract between between those two different groups of people. Um, and so I think by the same way, like you probably shouldn't use the rule of cool just for someone who's asking to bend the rules all the time. If they say, oh, well, I'm going to cast Disintegrate, but I'm going to I'm gonna cast it on two different people because it could disintegrate an entire five-foot area, so surely it should be able to disintegrate two people. No. that Someone who asks for that type of stuff, trying to bend the rules to make their character more powerful all the time, if that stuff is really consistent, it can be really frustrating as a DM because you want to try and give people the same amount of love and care for each uh, you know, each character, but when someone's trying to bend the rules all the time to make themselves more strong, it can be frustrating for the other players, too. Um, to me, that feels just the same as fudging 
D and D or fudging uh, dice rolls from a player. Like if a player rolls a D twenty and then just sets it on the twenty, that's the same type of thing to me. If you're trying to just constantly rules lawyer the rule of cool out of the DM, it feels really frustrating as a DM when you're trying to be fair and you're trying to give out cool moments to everybody, but someone keeps consistently asking for more and more opportunities for that. It can be really frustrating. So I would say if you're a player, try and let your DM make those decisions or ask, would this be a cool time for me to maybe do this? Or would it be possible for me to do this with this ability? Like for example, taking us back to our monk uh, in, in this crashing airship, maybe ask your DM, do you think it would be possible for me to use my slow fall ability for me to jump between these pieces of falling ship? Maybe I could string a bunch of these together to save myself. And the D- let the DM make that decision, but don't ask all the time. If you're constantly crashing ships and constantly trying to make them fall out of the sky so that you can make the rule of cool more than what it's supposed to be, maybe you might be the problem. And maybe think about that. I'm not saying that like that's a, a terrible thing, but just kind of think about that, look into yourself and be like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be asking my DM to give me more than uh, I'm really allotted all the time. Yeah, so a couple other places where I would really say, let's dive in and talk about it a lot. I give spell descriptions so much of a wide uh, berth on this type of topic. I think that spells and things like that can really be extremely valuable for flavor or rule of cool for any player. Um, I would say you should almost always allow your players to flavor their spells and maybe change little bits and bobs about it um, that make their spells feel more personal to them, right? Um, I'll bring this back to my mage Florea whenever he casts shield. I just pull a large portion of rock out of the ground and then allow that to be my shield instead of just casting a normal shimmering barrier. Now, of course, it doesn't say that in the spell that that's what happens, but it is really thematic for Florea, who is really close to an earthbender. So maybe allowing that type of flexibility makes that character feel more cohesive and more interesting. Um, and that's a very small instance of rule of cool. I've got a character in one of my games named uh, Reese, and instead of casting a normal magic missile, he creates three small singularities in his hand because he is a graviturgist. And so for him, it feels really cool when he can try and make three really tiny black holes that just spin around in his hand and then fly off into the distance to go and attack whatever creature he is trying to hit. Now, of course, it doesn't deal any different type of damage, right? It just deals the same type of damage that it normally does. But that is important to Reese because it is thematic and cool for him. Anytime you can find a spell and maybe even, um, you know, changing the damage type or changing the way that your player allows it to be cast from them, the description, I would say allowing the player to do something like that can only draw them closer into your game. The rule of cool is a great way to get players more involved, right? Because if you say, okay, well, you know, 
I'm gonna go ahead and uh, change this firebolt to a uh, a lightning bolt, right? It's not exactly the lightning bolt spell, but maybe it's like a gout of lightning. Well, all of a sudden you can make a spell that feels really close to just like this kind of like dancing, cackling ball of lightning that is similar to, oh gosh, there's a character in Super Smash Bros that does this. Ness with that really interesting like pecan fire pk lightning i can't remember oh my gosh i'm gonna get crucified i'm so sorry he does a cool little like bouncy lightning ability and maybe you can make that feel similar uh with your uh with your firebolt that you've turned into lightning damage that'd be really cool and if you have a lightning storm sorcerer or something like that and there's no you know lightning cantrip that feels good maybe that can be one that uh, that you can just change the damage type on, and then there you go. You've got something that really fits your Storm Sorcerer. I think spells are such an easy way to make that work, so I definitely recommend that you try that in your own games. I also do this with really interesting um, uh, battle descriptions. So, for example, I will extrapolate upon an event and give it a little bit more oomph than it normally does. If, for example, one of my party members kills a creature in the middle of the fight I will give it a little bit more uh, a little bit more description than anything else for example if a barbarian comes up and attacks a creature and slays them I'm not just gonna say you hit them they die that's mega boring right I'm gonna say something similar to you run up towards this creature screeching through the air as you heave large bellows of scream throughout your lungs as your mouth open wide and your blade pulled back slams down on top of the creature you come off of this gigantic leap your legs heave yourself into the air and come straight down on top of this creature as you lay your blade directly between its clavicle and its neck you slice down towards its chest cleaving in twain bone and flesh as this creature squeals in an unworldly fashion as their bone and flesh is cleaved in twain and their torso no longer resides in one but now two pieces now of course they didn't jump of course they have no dismembering strike right but wow how much more fun is that than just telling them that they kill the creature right that's definitely to me an instance of rule of cool right because you want them to feel like they are overcoming like they're strong like they're pushing through adversity and if all you're doing is i roll a d20 15 hits the ac dear damage they die that's so much more boring right a great way to add a ton of fire and power and vibrancy to your games is adding those extra descriptions to your battles. And I'm not saying you have to do it every time, but I'm saying that the more that you can do it, the more that your players will remember that. I'm sure that that barbarian will remember screaming as they cleave down into this creature, ripping it in two more so than they will just striking it, dealing eight damage and killing it, right? So looking for those type of things in battle is a great way to give your players that cool moment. And I really recommend that you try and find those as well. I will say, I'm gonna come back to a little bit of what I talked about earlier. 
there are a subset of, of players in this game that we lovingly, and I say lovingly in, in wide notations, we lovingly call them rules lawyers. These are the people who know exactly each and every rule. When you claim something in the game that is true, they can look it up or cite it to you, tell you why you're wrong, tell you what part of the book they're getting their information from, tell you where they're coming from for their rules or, or how that might be run in their game or things of the sort. Another loving way that we might be able to call these people is misguided. <laughs> I think people who play like this, well, if they are having fun and their group has fun with that, that's fine. But to me, that's not something that I want at my table. I can understand people who have important rules to keep. I think that it's important to make sure you maintain integrity at your table and generally follow the rules. But if something's a little outside of the rules, that's okay, right? And if you see your DM start to do a rule of cool thing and someone else says, hey, well, that's not in the rules, that sucks, right? Don't steal those moments from other people. Don't take those away. You want to be able to make everyone feel, and maybe not all at the same time, but like they're special, like they're cool, like their characters are a fantastical um distillation of who their ideas of them might be, right? You want to make sure that they feel good. You want to make sure that they feel like they are those fantastical beings that they are embodying in their player characters. And so the way that you can make sure that happens is by giving them that rule of cool. And if a rules lawyer comes through and says, hey, I don't think that this should be happening because this doesn't actually exist in the real rules, that's not cool. We don't like that. That's that's the not cool rule. Those people do not rule. They are not cool. I'm so sorry. I'll stop. I'm, that was that was a tangent of bad dad jokes. You are allowed to turn the podcast off now. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I would say there was one moment in which I uh, I can give a great example of this. Um, it was my first ever time DMing. I was excited, ecstatic. I had made sure to look up my rules. I had, uh, I had, you know, gone over everything. I had written out an entire scenario a little too long, if I'm going to be honest with everybody. Uh, I had gotten my music together. I had gotten a new speaker to play music on. I had made battle maps. I had practiced sleight of hand for a magician that was going to appear in the encounters that they had. And I was so excited to run this for them. And I remember... Very vividly, I was running a combat encounter in an arena, and basically the scenario started with all of these players being put into an arena, and they had to essentially fight their way out of an arena during their capture to gain their freedom back. And that's cool, right, generally, but what happened was they started to fight, and I had never described battle before. And one of the characters 
described how they struck something. A monk said, oh, I'm going to walk up and I'm going to lay in a flurry of blows, one, two, three strikes into this creature as I strike them and take them down and I'm going to do a front flip and land on top of them and pull their leg over and flip them over top of me and slam them into the ground, wrestling move style. And I said, well, I mean, you punch them twice. How unfun is that? <laughs> I mean, of course they were going to do the damage anyways, but they're a monk, right? They only punch twice in those early levels, right? That's all they do. They don't really get to do those flips. But how boring is that? Give that player that coolness, right? And I was a DM, and I thought that knowing the rules made me understand the game. I thought that those rules made it so that I knew what was happening. And all of a sudden... I had just stolen a character's cool moment, and that was not cool of me. I Even a friend of mine took me aside afterwards. I was like, hey, how's my DMing going? I, I'm trying to figure out if I'm doing good, and he was like, yeah, yeah, your DMing's okay. I mean, you're doing your first time, so it's, it's fine. Um, I would say, though, you really stole that moment from that guy. He was really excited to do that cool wrestling move, and you said, well, I mean, you, it says you have to punch him twice. So you have to punch him twice, but it didn't really matter how that character took him out, right? As long as it was kind of in line with how a monk would fight, right? Maybe that monk is a wrestler. Maybe someone's just like playing a monk, but it's a wrestling-flavored character, and you want to give them that moment, right? So if I take that away from them, it's just ruining their fun. And did it harm anyone to have that character do that cool wrestling move? No, not at all. <laughs> N not me, not the other players, not the enemies, no one. It was going to happen anyways. The enemy was going to die, and they were they should have been allowed to do that cool move. And that was an instance of me being a rules lawyer, and that's just not fun, right? So I want you to feel like this can happen both ways, too. As a DM, as a player, don't think that a rules lawyer is only on one side of the table, but... We all make mistakes, and it's okay. Something that I want to get out here is, if you feel like you do this, apologize. Move forward. Say, ah, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I will try and figure it out for next time. But that's okay. You don't have to be perfect every time. That's fine. But just try and work on it for the future. Try and give your players those cool moments in the future. And try and look for ways that you can make sure that they feel like they are those fantastical people in their uh, in their shoes, in their player shoes. So yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I have to say about the rule of cool. Uh, it's an awesome rule, and I think you should definitely use it in your games. I don't think that it's that complicated of a rule. Uh, I think that generally, you should give your players a little bit more leeway in making their characters feel fantastical. And if they've got something interesting that adds to your game, if they're putting a lot of effort into your game and they're trying to make it seem cool, let it feel cool, man. That's okay. It's not a big deal, right? So I would say use the rule of cool in your game. Find ways that you can make the rule of cool feel natural in your game. Give your players those cool extra descriptions for their spells. Describe for your players those cool extra bits and bobs during combat and Give them just a little bit of those bendings of rules every now and then because it's way more fun if you do. No one feels 
like D&D is the most fun when everybody follows exactly by the rules. The rules are, in the words of Captain Barbosa, more of a set of guidelines, really. And it's good to kind of all be on the same track, but man, is it way more cool to have a monk falling out of a ship and jumping and gliding to each piece and jumping down it. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I hope you had a great time. This is Alan, and I'm gone. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. The fact that you have made it here to the end means the world to us. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with your friends, or if you have the time, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts is a great way to show support. You can follow us on Twitter at A Journey's Rest or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash A Journey's Rest Podcast. If you have any questions for us to answer, you can send them in to journeysrestpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for sharing the precious pieces of your time with us, and we hope that the rest of your day is just as wonderful. See you again at our table soon.